0: We all do it we scroll through our feeds seeing people who have been in and out of our lives we see their causes beliefs and sometimes even a moral compass show-offs i don't know about you but i'm interested in the story behind the pictures i think it's time to have a conversation if there was a tinder for female friendships i would definitely swipe right out on today's guest She's the creator of the Cannabomb and has become one of my favorite people on the planet. The hard work, female support, and just humility that Jenna brings to the cannabis industry is unparalleled, and I'm so thankful that she said yes when I asked her to come on. Welcome, Jenna.
1: Thank you for having me. Such an introduction.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for sitting down with me. I know your schedule's insane right now, but I've been looking forward to this for so long. So...
1: Well, I really, really appreciate you giving me the chance to come on and chat with you. I'm a huge fan of everything that you're doing, both in Instagram land and in podcast land Mm -hmm. and in mom land. Uh, (laughs) So it's a joy to get to be one of your guests, like your second guest or third guest.
0: Third, lucky number
1: three. <laughs> That's so awesome. I listened to the ep- first episode. I'm yes, I'm very flattered. This is gonna be huge. And I'm gonna be like your third person ever. So it's you know, really exciting. So
0: <laughs> exciting. I'm just trying to think of where to start because there's so much that you're doing and there's so much <laughs> that you've done. <laughs> so do you just kind of wanna start with letting everyone know who's listening, who you are and what you do?
1: Sure. Okay. Um, my name is Jenna Hensley. I am a born Texan. Woo. <laughs> and um, I've been working in the cannabis industry for the last five years. Um, And what I do now is I run my own CBD bath bomb company called Cannabombs. And we make um, the medicinal soaking experience. So Basically, uh, we provide different types of fizzing CBD soaps, um, (laughs) to medicinal bathers, like anyone who uses their bathtub for medicinal purposes. Like I do, um, this is a product that I, I selfishly made for myself (laughs) and, uh, it worked really well. And I, I decided that it needed to be a brand and a product and it just sort of came to life in my bathtub, Um, In 2016, I had the idea. 2017, I went ahead and licensed it and trademarked it. And began building the brand. And today in 2018, we're in our first year of sales. And I am having the time of my life just trying to keep up with
0: orders. (laughs) So that's such a good problem to have this early on. That's awesome. I know it is. It's
1: like, you know, my day consists of me going crazy and working nonstop 14 hours and then like crashing in front of an episode of Shark Tank (laughs) to uh, reinvigorate tomorrow's workload.
0: I love it, I love it. It's like the dream just literally doesn't turn off because I know like one of your goals is to be on that show.
1: (laughs) It is, yeah. I mean, I I would honestly rather be on The Profit, but you have to have like a failing business to be on there, I think. And I don't want to go down (laughs) that. I don't, I just, I really like the like idea of someone coming in like Marcus and saying, you know, your cute little office is great, but let's put you in a warehouse with a staff. Like that's what I- (laughs) <laughs> that's what I'm looking for. And that's what, you know, Shark Tank can offer too. But um, that's, yeah, that's my goal is to end up. Have you seriously
0: London. considered like going that route?
1: Of course. Um, I, I've i like written my speech a thousand times. I say it in the shower all the time. Yes! <laughs> I've like almost clicked apply. Four or five times this year I'm just trying to make sure that every single facet is buttoned up so when they grill me I'm ready
0: yeah stick <laughs> back with the answers and be one of those boss ladies on there that actually knows what they're talking about that's awesome now yeah,
1: that, that I'm hoping will happen in the next year or so like a former shark reached out and wanted to put me on an as seen on tv ad um, no way but when there was that? it was like a couple of weeks ago I was calling oh, the mommy God. Jane and I was like
0: I'm gonna be on Sina TV. I'm sure she was freaking out too. Oh my God. She she and I call each other whenever
1: like big stuff happens. Um, which it's it's awesome to have this like gang of girls that you are now in. You're in like you're in this group.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm (laughs) I'm excited. She's coming on next month, and I'm I'm really looking forward to it.
1: Yeah. Good. I love her. Um, I made a collab. We'll talk about that. I'm yeah. Sure. Um, but yeah, y- you know, Shark Tank is definitely in the works for me. Um, But I want to make sure that my cost per item is like squared away. And I mm-hmm. found, you know, every kind of manufacturer who can give me the best deal so I can really show that, you know, I'm making a profitable business while I'm helping people. And that is like, the biggest trick to this whole brand new industry. And um I really want to be a pioneer of that. So
0: well you are. There's, there's a reason there's the, the before Cannabom, right? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's so nice. Oh, of I'm course. <laughs> what um speaking of ingredients and all that stuff, how much has it changed from you know a couple years ago when you got started?
1: A lot. Um so I moved the whole business from Oregon to New Mexico this okay. summer. And that was totally insane to try to move a manufacturing business that was just getting started oh my God. Um, because I had to find all new suppliers. I had to find a new space, um, but it's changed so much just because like I've, I've had to find new sources for ingredients. I, I have to buy as local as possible to keep my shipping costs down. Yeah. And um, also moving up in the altitude has really increased my wet ingredients so it's costing me (laughs) me more money now um to make the product in new mexico than it was in eugene oregon where it's very humid and you know nearly sea level
0: see that's the stuff that no one would even know goes into it that's crazy
1: yeah a lot of changes um and then, you know, over time, I've gotten so much feedback from so many great like chemists and girls who are in skincare and cannabis people that the product is tweaked only for the better, you know, like yeah. I, I ditched parabens. I lost the SLSA. i I now offer colorless, um, options. I'm super diehard that everything has to be USDA certified organic to go into the product, mm-hmm. which pretty much doubles and often triples the price for me. Um, but people don't know that either, you know, like, No, they don't because I'm buy a lavender product and you think, oh, you know, this lavender is the same as that lavender is the same Good. as that lavender. And it's all totally differently extract. It's extracted by different people. And it's different lavender, different crops distilled a different way. I mean, there's so much that goes into just an essential oil that if you're not buying from somebody that's trusted and has done testing, like you're going to end up with some funky... Yeah, ass, weird rash and you're like but it's lavender and you, <laughs> you know so it's, it's it's tough to like make sure that I'm constantly getting organic products and to source those and I mean, the different uh,
0: grades of oils too like you I mean I didn't know yeah. I still don't have like a good education on that stuff but I know that there is a difference in the, in the different levels you know yeah, of, it, yeah
1: a lot of it's cut I mean all of it's cut pretty much um if you buy anything that says absolute it's absolutely cut but you know, if you're paying like I'm getting a couple ounces of jasmine absolute for eighteen dollars, and that's a lot of money, um, because I use quite a bit of it to make yeah. a few batches. So it's me constantly hunting down um, essential oil makers and different different additives that I need that will like run out. You know, Mountain Rose Herbs will like run out of stuff constantly, and then I have to find a new one. So okay. the products change all the time based on where I can source my ingredients. Um the cheapest I like that much. you share
0: that on your Instagram too. That was really I, cool when you did that the other day.
1: <laughs> I feel like the transparency is like why you would buy the product. I mean, yeah. There's a lot of bath bombs out there, but what I'm offering you is transparency. Like I'm I'm offering you an experience to be a part of how it's made and to see how it's made and I mean, I'm doing custom batches for people who want specific things for their store. Um, so yeah, I really want people to know what the heck they're soaking their naked bodies in. That's important. <laughs> right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's sad that so many people who are in that industry don't do that. You know, or just don't care. They just want to push the product out.
1: Oh man, the whole cannabis industry is so quickly turning into that. <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll see it when it happens to Texas, but, you know, I, like, I ran away and did the whole, I'm going for the green rush when it, when it started. I yeah. was one of the people, like, who was first in line in Colorado, you know, buying shit to mail it back down to myself in Texas. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I was inspired, to say the least, um, by legalization in 2013 in Colorado. And that's when I, sold my business, like left Texas, packed my shit and was like, I'm on a green mission. And there was a lot of people doing that too. Um, And we all kind of got like thrown into this, like, get the fuck out of my state boat, you know, from people from, yeah. I mean, like people from Colorado, people from Oregon, they got invaded by, you know, us medical refugees who were just like, we just need safe access to the plant and we want the, we want to work in it. And we can't, came with open arms and what ends up happening to those people. And I saw it like, God, I saw it so many times over is, you know, a bunch of people my age who were patients, who ran up to these states to do this work from Texas and other Southern places and kind of got like shafted, like got used a little bit, you know, like I gave the- it yeah, I think it was like, oh, here's a bunch of eager people who are willing to work like mm. basically for free, and I got like left unpaid, and I kept wanting to do the canabom, and I kept talking about it, and like a company tried to you know make it and steal the idea, and they failed, and it wow. was just it was an insane journey um to get to where I'm at today, and like I feel like maybe I should write a book or my I mean my yeah. my. My old Instagram page got shut down, but that was kind of my book. And it was like the whole story of like my green journey and how I moved from, you know, working in alcohol for such a long time to realizing that I need to be a part of the cannabis revolution and go help, you know, people who are like me instead of poisoning people all day, which is what bartenders are ultimately doing. (laughs)
0: I was going to say, so leading up to the canabom, what, what all were you doing before that?
1: Um, so I'm from Austin, like I mentioned, and we're a big party city. We're known yep. for Sixth Street and <laughs> South by Southwest and Austin city limits. And I, you know, had the time of my life growing up there. I partied my ass off all the way through high school and I ended up bartending and then creating an event staffing service and it went really well um mm-hmm. so cannabombs is my second business and my first one was austin bartending company and you can actually look it up on yelp is the only like remnants of it and it's okay. just a bunch of like brides talking about how you know they hired jenna to staff the wedding or the south by southwest party or whatever and it went really well it was really fun um but the type of like work was really consuming as far as you don't get weekends off. You don't get holidays off. Um, Yeah. I mean, if it's new year's, you're working, if it's Christmas, you're serving, if it's Thanksgiving you're serving. So I pretty much was bartending and serving for a frat party or a wedding or a music venue every night for eight years, nine years. Man, that's just burnout. Yeah. year 10. I'm like, I am like, wait, I don't, I don't love this. I have no drive. I sleep till two o'clock in the afternoon every day. I pop a Xanax to convince myself to go to work. And then I paint my face up with like eyeliner and push my boobs up and like work it for some tips.
0: And then Which is so funny knowing you now because that's like the exact opposite. I (laughs) know. I'm I'm like, I can't even picture that. That's crazy. It's
1: I was a very different person. I mean, I lived downtown Austin and I I was definitely a bartender in every sense of the manner. And then, you know, what happened was like at about 26, 20, yeah, 26 years old, I started to like really have bad effects from alcohol. Like I was such a party girl for so long that I thought that I could always just have six drinks and it be no problem. And then one day I woke up about age 25, 26 and I was having hangovers like that were changing my life and upping awesome. my meds over it. I mean, just making me sick. Like
0: mm-hmm.
1: I used to be able to hang and not, you know, vomit and have bad hangovers. <laughs> and then all the, for three days. Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden I'm like blacking out. I'm really sick mm. for a couple of days and I just couldn't consume what I used to. And I couldn't fathom it because I'm a 10 year bartender and how the hell did this happen? And, you know, like it, I just was punishing myself by continuing staying in that work because I thought there's literally nothing else I can do that is going to pay my bills. And every bartender says this and every bartender sticks around in that work because it's like, you don't really realize there's another way out there. You just know that this is what you've been doing. This pays your bills and it's safe. Mm-hmm. So you stick with the lifestyle, but that means like you don't get to see the normal people who work during the day. You only get to see like the scoundrels like you who creep <laughs> out at night.
0: <laughs> and I just are, the, I are like, the people that had like a shitty day and are not good energy to be around anyways. <laughs> I
1: mean, there's, there's upsides and downsides. I just sure. always wondered like, what's the, you know, what's the life like where you wake up and have breakfast and, you know, you, you'd get tucked in at nine ten o'clock. Like, I don't even know. I've never been home past 2.00 AM. And, you know, once I put on probably 10 pounds and the alcohol started maybe 20 pounds, let's be real, <laughs> um, <laughs> started like having really adverse effects. I realized that lifestyle was, not um conducive to getting older
0: (laughs) yeah no that's the truth yeah
1: and like you can't you know you can't keep working for tips um on sixth street your whole life like I knew that I had to I had to love like you
0: were called to do more I mean literally yeah
1: (laughs) and I kept talking about cannabis and everyone's like Jenna drop it it's fucking illegal like all your friends are going to jail for it it's not a thing like get out of dreamland or move away. And so of course, all I've ever, all I ever wanted to do is get the fuck away and go yeah. to where I could, you know, have somewhat of a normal life. Cause I've been using cannabis since I was 13 or 14. Oh wow! And it's been like in my life forever. So it's no surprise to me at all that it's commoditized into an entire industry that the government wants to control. Of course yeah. there's there's money, it works, you know, like it's an amazing product. It was just a matter of time. And now I'm not such a dingbat druggie. You know, I'm like onto something, and everyone's hitting me up like, hey, you were the weed girl in high school. So um, can you help me out? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> it's so awesome. It's so great. You know, that it's it, the stigma is actually breaking. It I'm is. seeing it and like, God there's there's weed people coming out of Texas like crazy and it makes me mm-hmm. so 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 happy um that you know this is breaking down in my lifetime and I was joking with you like w- I will tell our kids one day <laughs> you know yeah you won't believe it but weed was at one point illegal and they're going to be like no way i get that at Walgreens like <laughs> yeah yeah
0: yeah it's just going to not be a thing at all yeah
1: yeah we'll see that i'll probably be like In my 50s. I don't know when Texas is gonna happen, but very hopeful. (laughs) Next five years, eight years, tops is all Uh, I can take. Everything
0: I keep seeing is like seven to 10. And I'm just like, (laughs) Uh, it just hurts my heart. Like everything, my whole body just collapses when I hear like seven to 10 years. Like it's just crazy.
1: Well, I mean, I don't know the situation in Dallas, but I know I've turned you on to some people in Austin who are trying yeah. to help, you know, change things. And um, Mary you know, J. Yeah, on South Lamar, those those women are like getting ready for when the change happens. Like they're ready to go, and That's right so now awesome. they're full of CBD. So there's shops yeah. all over Texas, and I hope you at least can get some good access to some good CBD. And if not, yeah. have your oh, yeah. back.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate that. There is um, a couple of places, you know, I, like I said, when we talked um, last week, I think it was when I went into that, one of the shops down in Dallas and it was so great. It was so needed. It had such a cool vibe. They had CBD flower. They were really educated. It was a husband and wife. He was kind of um, he had been in the oil field, you know, for like 20 some years his wife um, got really passionate about CBD. And then they decided, you know, this is what we're going to do. They opened this place and it's just, it's so great. Like who would have thought Dallas would have had a hangout area where you can go and light a CBDJ and and just hang out and like play pool and talk. And like my husband was there, they talked for hours, you know, and it felt like hours, but they, I mean, we were there for like a good chunk of time and, it was just so relaxed and it was just very much something Dallas needed besides the insane amount of bars and restaurants that are where everyone, you know, hangs out.
1: Well, that's, I mean, that's like majority of my clients right now are these couples, just like you described, who are leaving one industry, just like I described me leaving mine Yeah, and and deciding to do something for alternative healing and for this new wave of hemp and CBD and cannabis education. And these shops are happening in Arizona, Oklahoma. I have people in Pennsylvania. I have stores all over Vermont. There's like Florida just hit me up today. I'm working on um, my 14th state a retail shop. <laughs> that's so, awesome. And that's like, not. I mean, we started selling in March. Yeah, that's um,
0: insanity. So, that's so it's great. not a
1: lot of time for that to to happen. Um, it's been yeah insane. Like I literally don't stop working. I was gonna, yeah, yeah. I, I, I have I have I have a I have a brand that people are picking up on, and it's mm-hmm. really exciting. Um, and these people are like, like you just mentioned, couples that are ready to jump on this burgeoning industry and really start a new business in a new category.
0: Yeah. It's awesome. I, I'm so thankful that this is where things are headed, you know, and, and just in a way to do it too, where it's not like, I don't want to say trashy, because that's not the right word. Um, I don't know. I guess in a way that's just more casual. You know what I mean? Of like, I don't know. I'm not explaining it right. I'm just happy it that it's not, happening. It feels
1: so like American to me, you know, <laughs> I feel... I feel like we're we're really actually making America hemp again. I mean, <laughs> there's all these families that are excited and investing and starting something and building something. And they're all going through what I just witnessed, like, you know, a couple thousand groups of people in Oregon trying to do in the legalization of, you know, cannabis of Oregon. But this is CBD. So, you know, it's not quite we'll go with tacky
0: yeah (laughs) like i said i'm just trying to think of like the right word
1: it's more it's more medicinal like you're not you're not taking it to get high you're not taking it to get fucked up it's not gonna even psychologically alter you at all so i also
0: feel like even just saying like tacky or like what i was trying to explain it's like i don't know it's just got that stigma around it so bad because that's not what it is at all you know what i mean but that's the first thing that we go to to try to explain it i don't know that's weird right
1: I mean, my dad's sending me things that he gets as a senior, like living in senior living where, you know, they're like, try the new CBD today. And they're making Shut it up, look really? like swans frozen dinners. Like, it just looks so, you know, I mean, not that I don't love swans, but, but it's like, it just looks like, is that real CBD or are you selling me like some bunk stuff? There's so many questions, like such a lack of education, but I feel like for the most part, the CBD community is focused around patients and, you know, children that are trying this as an alternative medication. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like the THC community is more driven in the potency, like how, how fucked up can we get? How high can your THC levels you know and it's more like bro legendary brand (laughs) culture bashing you know and and cbd is just a little bit more gentle but it's totally sweeping the nation i mean it
0: is it is
1: it's incredible to watch and it's even more incredible to be one of the thousands of people who has the same feeling of like Man, I fucking told you guys, you know, like <laughs> I just I've been here saying me. this for years, and all of a sudden, bam, you know, everyone's finding out that CBD works and that it is available. And yeah, yeah. I'm I'm glad the education is starting to seep out, and that's something that like is a huge focus for me in 2019. Um, I built the brand, I built the product, I'm building the sales. And now I really need to educate people and get some more pamphlets and some more marketing material, do some more trade show expo. Um, I'd like I'm going to do some talks. Um, I want to do more podcasts, anything to like, try to debunk, you know, cannabis, CBD, hemp, and answer questions about it.
0: Yeah. And that's kind of why I started this podcast, too. And it's not you know, cannabis focused all the time, I don't hide it. And I think that's part of why I wanted to do this was to end the stigma, share stories, like realize, like, this is a part of who I am, you know, and it's helped me and it's not crazy. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's just who I am. So if we can end the stigma that way by just talking about it within our, you know, through what we've been going through. I think that's all you can do to help normalize stuff. I
1: don't know. I had a mom who was like witnessing me go through irritable bowel syndrome. And Mm -hmm. what I later learned as an adult was just pretty much an allergy to sugar. Um, Interesting. Like, you know, if you eat candy or you eat bread as a kid and you sit on the toilet and you can't crap for hours and you're turning purple and you're just swirling around in pain and it just keeps happening. Like my mom was like, okay, you know, she's gone through suppositories for years. I was on medication and she came in when I was like, I think I want to say 15. I mean, I want to get her in trouble. (laughs) yeah, I was really, really young. And she came in with a one hitter and was like, I know, you know what this is. Just take a hit. It will stop your, your stomach cramps. And I was like, I did know what it was. I had smoked once before. Um, And she's, she's a stoner. So like if you smoke weed and you smell it, you fucking know it and you get all excited, you know? So she smelled smelled it. I know she smelled it on me one day. Otherwise she wouldn't have said like, I know you've tried it. Cause it was that in that week. And she was like, all right, clearly my kid is doing drugs. I need to intervene. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, she was like, I want to teach you about this, you know, what it is. It's not really a drug it's more of a medicine and it can stop cramping and it can like calm your stomach down it you know will stop any sort of seizing and it's an Mm anti-convulsant and I you know was listening because you know my mom hung the moon I'm 14 years old I finally am not in pain so we're having a conversation about it being a medicine when I was really young and that was really really crucial um what a
0: powerful moment like
1: yeah I'll I'll never forget it clearly I mean I speak very fondly of it because it it was like it it was the defining moment for me to teach me the difference between synthetics and naturals yeah and um I I knew what a pill was I knew what a suppository was like it's not fun to shove a waxy object (laughs) up your bum and then to like puke over like some bad tasting, you know, Actually narcotic. No, yeah. Yeah. And so I knew that like shrooms and mushroom and I like uh I was drinking mushroom tea that I was making with my friends and we're 15. I mean it's it's Austin. We're we were starting to party we're pretty young. <laughs> I guess so. Oh my God. That's so it was my defining moment to know okay there's two different ways like of treating things. You can go the western way, which is the doctor prescription pill way, or you can go the eastern way where you're experimenting with nature, and that's where cannabis was categorized in my brain as never a drug. So I grew up using it normally, and I never really thought anything of it. I ducked when I smoked a bowl in Texas, like yeah. I didn't want to get caught, you know. Yeah. Um, but like when I moved to Oregon, my first time I smoked in my car, I was still ducking, <laughs> you uh, know. I believe it, yeah. Um, But so it's not completely broken down, but I'd say five years into working in the industry and really making it my focus all the time, it's totally broken the stigma. Like at my house, there's like, there's weed everywhere. I mean, I'm not even gonna lie. We have um, weed chocolate and weed tea. And of course, if I had children, it would be, you know, locked in a cabinet, but I don't and I'm an adult and this is my lifestyle. And to me, it's like, it's like having tea or carbs or a glass of water it's it's nothing now now I don't bat an eye like mm-hmm. I'm that girl who does not duck in her car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We should um, but I medicate <laughs> when I need to, and like hell, I just smoked a bowl before I was talking to you and I'm sitting here with one now.
0: <laughs> you, I love it, I love it That's
1: I awesome. love smoking weed I mean yeah it's it's an innate part of who I am, and it did start young, um and it's always been. A healthy thing uh for me mm-hmm. as as I see it
0: was your family like growing up um you said your mom was pretty was she holistic with everything or was she just like a stoner like you said <laughs> I mean she's well, kind of you
1: know she was born in the the late 60s so she yeah. grew up in the era where the counterculture existed and sure. she you know left her parents to go explore and Ha, you know, definitely smoked her fair share of weed. So
0: man, those roots run deep.
1: <laughs> they definitely, yeah. Apple did not fall far from the tree. Um, I hear like myself laugh sometimes, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> is my mom in the room? And like, she'll probably listen to this podcast and be like, is that me? Like, oh, it's I'm weird. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird and disturbing. <laughs> no,
0: it's funny. I think we go through that. You know, it's, yeah. My mom just moved close to me. And so we're spending a lot more time together than we ever have in my adult life. And I'm just realizing, holy crap, we are so much alike. My poor husband, (laughs) just like, it's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's it's pretty funny. I mean,
1: I'm fortunate to have a mom who's very accepting and a dad of uh, cannabis. I never, never had to do any convincing for either of them because they both They both have used it like their whole lives. So, you know, they, they know firsthand that it's harmless and they saw me, you know, party in high school and get my stomach pumped a few times. Um, So they're like, please smoke more weed. Do you need some money? Let's go get a gram. Like (laughs) they're down. Let's let's calm you down a little bit. Right. Yeah. They've always been, they've always been pro cannabis, um, which has been Really unique for Texas. Um, very, very. But
0: they've never. Or is it, or people just don't talk about it? You know what I mean? I feel like that's so.
1: Yeah so my my dad out. never in
0: Dallas anyways. Well he he's like
1: I mean I don't want to call him out but he's your he's your typical Republican guy who's not gonna like start the conversation up about smoking weed with his kid ever. Yeah. yeah so yeah, you yeah. know I would pry and like try for it and he'd be like just don't like do hard drugs (laughs) and I'm like oh okay cool yeah so I can smoke weed and he's like just stop you know (laughs) (laughs) my parents very much love me and they're very pro weed it has taken me
0: so proud of you
1: it's taken them some convincing like that it's a business you know they're like no it's um it's more of like illegal and you should stop trying yeah I mean they didn't believe that it was gonna take off the
0: way that it did take off, like
1: in as an industry. Um, especially okay. when I like started working in it and I wasn't getting paid from a couple different people. Like, what were it, you doing
0: when you first started out? When um, I mean, trimming,
1: everyone has to start at the bottom. Yeah. Right? Okay. So, I um, I was like in my bartending position. In San Diego at the time, I'd kind of hopped around after I sold my business, and um, in Texas, and mm-hmm. I was like, I, "I'm going to get into cannabis. I just don't know how." I moved to California, and Colorado,
0: I Colorado, or did you go to Colorado first?
1: I went to Colorado first. I was still living in Texas. Okay. In oh, yes. Okay, I got it.
0: Got and
1: I was I had my alcohol business going, and I was making some money, and things were going good. And I I went to Colorado, and it just change the trajectory. Yeah. Um cuz it showed me that like a different life is possible and it doesn't have to revolve around alcohol sales all the time. Was that so, pretty
0: instant for you that that noticing the difference so fast that this was really a feasible thing that I could do?
1: I mean, can I be honest? Like Please. <laughs> I uh hung out with a friend. I was like, "Dude, I am making good money. I'm mediocre happy like i know that this isn't the right path for me i feel really unhealthy and i i know that i want to do something better and different with my life and i don't know how to how to get out of this and he was like all right well i have some really good acid so why don't we trip about it <laughs> <laughs> and i was like i'm down for anything i'll try anything cuz i was truly miserable i was like in year 5 of a Xanax prescription working wow. weddings that i just like i was plastering a smile on and I was married to somebody that I wasn't really in love with. And it mm-hmm. was just a really tough time in my life. And I, everything felt really fake and hard. And I I did not at all see that there was an exit at mm-hmm. all. And I thought like, okay, well, this is how it's going to be What do be I have forever. to
0: lose? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I, I was like, I'll just go to Colorado. I'll check this out. I'll hang out with my friend. We'll take some acid and try to have an introspective. like, Because if you ever really want to dig deep, in your psyche, take some hallucinogenic drugs. Like that's what I've heard. It'll really like, and do it. I I mean, I do it alone. So I'm not bothered or, or my trip is interrupted. Like I want to figure out, how I'm feeling and why and like feel the vibrations of my path and it's Mm -hmm. some hippie ass shit, but it works for me. And I would do it every like couple of years.
0: Yeah. That's what I've heard. I've actually heard that from a lot of people.
1: Well, I mean you, if you even look up ayahuasca trips, like people will go to clear out their system and to kind of get straight with themselves and be honest and stop covering up all the fear. And that's what I was in was a bunch of fear. Like, how can I start a new job? What would I ever do? How could I leave this relationship? How could I move on? Like I'm so stuck. I'm so stuck. I and I and that made sense for me to try, you know, to do some lysosurgic acid about it. Um so (laughs) I tripped and I ended up throwing up everywhere and crying and it was a mess. And my friend held my hair back and he was like dude you will figure all of this out. It's going to be okay. Your path will, will settle. It will unravel exactly how it was. And I told him, I'm going to work in the cannabis industry. I'm going to sell my business. I'm going to move to Oregon. I need to do the green life. I need to change my, my entire everything. And he was like, you do know what? No, don't do anything. Just calm down. You know? And I'm like, yeah. no, everything must go, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, and i'm tripping and it was crazy and it, and i honestly haven't done acid since cuz it was so intense and it um that intense, was
0: intense but it also sounds like it's
1: just so clear it was so needed and it was so clear and it hit me like a ton of bricks i came up here to to look at cannabis i love cannabis it's the one thing that i don't overdose and hurt myself on and love to consume 24/7 like mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I'm, I had problems with addiction as a kid, you know, that is obvious based on what I just said. So <laughs> cannabis was something that I I knew I could keep using and I ran towards and I wanted to explore. And so while shipping, I was like, duh, ding dong, you know, here you are in Denver, you know, shipping boxes, trying to resell stuff and do your own business in Texas, like just get involved the right way. And I, you know, bought myself a couple hundred dollars worth of edibles and was going to resell them. And I ended up eating all of them, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, I realized that I I truly needed to change everything. And it was not even a couple of weeks later that I ended my relationship, um, Mm -hmm. came clean with, you know, my feelings about how things were packed up my crap. And, um, I, I read the book, eat, pray, love, and I sort of, I mimicked it in my own special way. And, uh, that led me into cannabis. Um, I just had to kind of like get honest with myself that alcohol work wasn't working Mm. and that I wanted to do something. And, and even though it was silly and illegal and crazy and going to land me in federal prison and all these things, people were telling me that it actually is possible. And there were people that I was seeing on Instagram and on Facebook in 2012 and 13, when all this was wow. kind of happening for me, that I was like, "Oh fuck, I gotta go," you know, yeah, like, "Bye." <laughs> so. I, I knew it was real, and I and my idea that I had, I was seeing like lived out in California and in Washington and in uh, Denver, and so I chose Oregon because I just I trimmed. You asked, mm-hmm. I kind of get derailed. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> no, this is so interesting. No, I'm <laughs> <second. You're>
1: fine. <laughs> so I, I trimmed, um, I started, actually started driving for a dispensary in San Diego. And um,
0: what does that consist of for people who have like zero clue?
1: Okay. So I was bartending and the, the convention, the cannabis convention came through my bar Okay, and they were like, there was this group, Lola Lola. I'll never forget them. They're a San Francisco cartridge group, and they're like creme de la terpenes, like okay. the badasses of artisanal you know cartridges. Awesome. And they came up, started talking cannabis to me, and I knew everything that they were saying because I had started like driving on the side, which meant um, a dispensary hired me to drive their medicine to patients. Awesome. So I was doing that like a couple times a week in between bar shifts, trying to get out of bartending Mm
0: -hmm. and they,
1: and I, they found out about it and they were like, you need to leave bartending forever and just drive up the coast and trim and do everything and just do it, do your dream. And they were all drunk and I don't think they realized (laughs) how influential they were, but um, the next day I quit my bartending job and I had been like buying things on Amazon, like trimming scissors and tents and like, Mm -hmm pain and <laughs> and I packed my car and I drove up and I had like a full setup and I I'm ready to go ready to go and I uh, yeah I, I told the dispensary hey I don't want to drive for you anymore I want to like be a part of the farm and be a part of the plant and like get my hands on the plant and get out of San Diego traffic yeah. and uh, yeah it was fun I mean I god I met so many people uh, so many patients I saw Medical farms and black market farms and recreational farms, and I just trimmed and hopped around without, like, you know, filling out any W 2s or anything.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I saved a lot of money, um, more money than I made in bartending by no far. Way. That's
0: awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause this, I mean, this is 2016 now. True. Yeah. Yeah. And it was at the end of medical. Pretty yeah. much for um, ready to boom. Yeah. getting ready to boom, getting ready to go into wreck. So, trimming was starting to not become a job, you know? Um, yeah. It'll always be a job, but black market trimming is what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. just yeah. hopping, around. I was hopping around on Craigslist. And um, yeah, I, I got paid $250 a pound, 275 a pound. Uh, one guy paid me $300 a pound. No one ever yeah. asked me to trim. You know, topless, but I saw the ads. I just am not an idiot, I don't respond to that <laughs> kind of yeah. situation, so if anything got funky, I packed up and and left like and, I'm out I don't yeah need it. and and I would bail all the time, like I'm just a ghoster at this point, you know, yeah, um, but I saved up enough money um to get to Bend, and I started applying for some recreational jobs because they had just gone recreational in two thousand and sixteen. So a, uh, a lab hired me and I started working as a compliance sampler.
0: what What was that? Like, what did you do there?
1: I went around and grabbed portions of people's products and turned them into the lab for compliance testing. So in order to be a recreational company and sell your products at a dispensary, um, you had to go get everything tested and you had to have your labels approved and you had to kind of do all these steps. So there's a license application for anyone who wanted to participate and they didn't have any sort of cap on it. They just said, anybody who wants to participate, you know, come join the the world's largest free market capital experiment <laughs> in Oregon And a couple thousand people, like, ran up there and paid the couple thousand dollars and built their, you know, half a million dollar facilities and did all the camera work and had to call the lab agent to come over and grab the samples. Um, Every time you want to sell a batch, it has to be proven that it doesn't have pesticides. It has potency testing we had to test for mold, we had to test for water content. Um I offered terpene tests. So I would I would go in and, you know, Billy Joe would say, "I'm I'm a medical grower and I'd like to sell my weed." And I would be you're like, "Sure you are." <laughs> I'd be like, "All right, Billy. Well, recreational is here and I'm the little birdie that you're going to want to shoot. But you need to pay for your rec license and then here's your new testing prices for recreational oh, cannabis and if you don't do this then you can't sell your weed to the same dispensary you've been selling it to for years and he's like fuck you get out of here you don't know you yeah. get out of my house go back to California I heard that probably a hundred times and it, I went home crying so many different days just like That's you know
0: brutal being yeah.
1: beat up from growers and I'm like I'm not making these decisions I'm just passing them down and I'm barely scraping by financially doing so. So people are, you know, railing on me about these laws and these prices. And I'm just like, dude, I can't even pay my car bill and don't know how I'm going to pay my rent next month. Mm -hmm. Because at the time, like the lab had hired me. They didn't factor in any sort of expenses for their lab samplers, so I footed it's the bill. So forward. new, yeah, uh, yeah, it was so new they didn't even realize, like, oh wow, Jenna is paying five hundred dollars a month to drive samples from Bend, Oregon, to Portland, Oregon. I put on five thousand miles in my first month. Oh my god! On my car, which was, you know, they didn't pay any mileage, they didn't pay any gas they didn't offer hotel. There was no reimbursement. You were so, just a
0: really good friend.
1: <laughs> apparently like I was just like working for free. I did the math and I broke it down. And this was, I was month six. I was working for this lab. I, I sat down with my boyfriend and I was like, how can I not pay my car bill? Like how the fuck is this happening still? Yeah. You know? Cause I'm like having to ask this guy I'm dating for help. And it, he, and he's like, you're sweet, but like we we gotta get you paid by your boss, you know, like let's do some math. And so he and I'm not good at math. So and he is. <laughs> so obviously I'm not good yeah. at math. So, um <laughs> I was just really I was, you know, really eager and really excited to be working in the cannabis industry. So I wasn't gonna go bitching at my new employer about you know.
0: And you're resourceful and, and you want to put the time in. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can see where that would happen for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's what's happened like so many times to like every single friend I had in Oregon, everybody got used like that. Nobody, you know, paid their fucking employees. And it got out of hand. And now there's like bully lawsuits and people suing each other. That's and it. it's like wow. all out of warfare, because Oregon put no cap on the licenses. Therefore, the whole saturation pro- problem like really got out of hand. So I was selling pounds for $500 last December. Like wow. a pound used to be $2,000 like very easily. An indoor, nice, clean, tested, you know, good looking pound of some good pot was eighteen two thousand dollars $2,000. And now we're dropping it down to $500. Just to stay on the shelf and wean all the other guys off because there's there was like two thousand farms trying to sell all at the same time. Yeah,
0: everybody got excited.
1: It was insane, and everyone's from Texas and moved up <laughs> down to Oregon, Southern Oregon, and, and I'm just like, you're like the sixth Texas family I've met today. Like, it yeah, was you're not crazy. unique. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I well, I wanted a camera, like to make a movie and that was my Instagram you know I was like yeah. I'm at this new farm check this out you know and like people figured out what I was doing and be like we've seen your Instagram we're gonna <laughs> move your asshole. phone you know <laughs> <laughs> I was like telling secrets but I was like doing selfies of me with everyone's plants <laughs> and um I don't know like if you are a grower I mean I've grown and if you have plants, you don't want anyone near them ever because people carry microbes and then they like give your plants bugs. You
0: want like a full like hazmat suit.
1: Yeah. I mean, I do. I want to like play God with the sun's help. That's my ideal cannabis
0: (laughs) plant. But
1: I'm a sampler, like sticking my arm down every bin of weed, you know, in central Oregon and I'm hitting six to eight farms a day. It's not, you know, I'm like, can I get some fucking gloves? Like that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah like, yeah, um, you have to buy them.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, they're like, nope, those resets are for free, you know. <laughs> like. So there's so there's so many stories just in lab sampling. It was so How educational. Long did you do that? For? I did that for six months, Um, and it and the only reason the only reason I stopped was because I couldn't afford to keep doing it, and I had been approached by a company that I had sampled for that I could go make a lot of money and work for them, and I just saw that green grass and fucking went running like an idiot, and um, I definitely. I called my lab boss and was, you know, six months later, and was like, "I made the biggest mistake. I should have kept going." She's like, "Well, yeah, because now I I offer reimbursements and hotels and you know gas expenditures." And I'm like, "Well, damn, like you lost the best sampler." Can I get some back? <laughs> can I can I come back? You know, it was, and I had helped her find my replacement, and like I saw my my clients like. I made sure that they were handed off to somebody that I trusted because I worked so hard to gain their trust in the cannabis industry. And like, that's so hard to do to get a grower to trust you. Oh, I bet. Like I was bringing changes of clothes, buying my own gloves, like making sure that people knew I was going way the fuck out of my way to take care of their samples and their harvest because those results ultimately determined their paychecks. And um, I knew that. So I knew that I was like, a really important person. And I, yeah, I you. Well, you I took it
0: very seriously, just like with what you're doing now, you take it very seriously and it shows.
1: I do. And that was my problem with bartending was like, I could never take it seriously. And it was breaking my soul because I'm a, I'm a person who wants to be totally invested in something and dedicated. And I'm, I want to pour passionate creativity into what I do. And when I am allergic to what I'm doing and it's hurting me, it's like me beating my head against a wall. So yeah, this has been, like, I mean, this has been my prime. This has been what I've been waiting, like, waiting for my whole life. My coming out party is now, you know? Yeah.
0: No, I love that. I, I No, I, that's so honest and raw. And I think that's why, like, the group of girls, you know, that kind of all rally around each other right now, you know, we are all in that moment <laughs> in our different yeah. ways, but we're all just like so supportive. And I think that that is just made this so cool. And I'm like the newbie to the group, you know. And I I don't even think I'm in the group, but whatever.
1: You're <laughs> we totally in the group, and you're we taking it home for Texas. Like I feel like such a jerk because I left, and then here you are, and you show up, and I'm like, thank God, there's somebody down there who gives a shit enough to speak up, because like it's hard to, and half of, I guarantee you half of your town that hears this is going to be like, oh my God, she is. And the other half is going to be like, thank God she's helping break this down. Like, so I don't have to hide anymore, you know? And this is our coming out party and this is our time to celebrate. And like the girls who know that they stick together and they cheer each other on. And the girls who are like, Wishing that this was their coming out party are the ones who are tearing each other down. Just yeah, FYI. Yeah. like there's a lot of mean, mean girls in the oh, industry yeah. too, and they this it's a it's a duality. You know, as wonderful as it is, is as intense and hard as it is as well. But right. that's what makes it all worth it. Like you really can't have greatness without sorrow. Everyone knows so, that. Yeah. So, I mean, the bad shit that's happened to me it has its place in my brain as like something that I can check off and be like, okay, I'm done with that trolling. Yeah. Yeah. We've done that. Cool. Never have to deal with that again. Cause now I know,
0: I <laughs> you know? know what to look for. I know. Yeah. Right.
1: I know how to I've been through it and I had to go through those things in order to learn how to deal with it. Um, Cause they were eventual things like in any industry that's just starting. Like if you're going to be a pioneer who is vulnerable, vulnerable enough to like come out with your creativity and throw yourself out there, 50% of the people are going to say, fuck you, you suck. That's yeah, just yeah. how it goes. So I'm not doing it for those people. And I, I've, uh, studied theater my whole life. Mm-hmm. So it, it's like really easy for me to cat- like, put kind of compartmentalize this and into the scenario of like, there's people in my balcony cheering and there's people in the pit booing, you know? I'm performing for yeah. the balcony. I don't give a fuck about the pit. I'm 31 years old. Get away from me. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's so yeah. That's so yeah, the industry
1: is, <laughs> yeah. it's beautiful, it's blossoming, but you know, it's slippery and you got to watch your step too. Um and you got to stand like I got to stay on my toes. I when I say you, I mean me. I'm ta- I'm preaching yeah, to myself.
0: no. I hear you. That's a, like, that's what we can do. I mean, we we have to be our our biggest supporter, <laughs> our biggest critic, and we have to be all those things to ourselves right now because it is so new, and you don't know what you're getting yourself into, but right? You know what it can be, you know. You're
1: creating and teaching yourself, and everyone else looking towards you for inspiration or help, you know. Like I have not had a mentor through this because there's not someone who is further along than me. Mm. Um, as far as like social media and CBD and online sales, like those are all brand new things that, um, that not only that I'm dealing with that have ever existed. Um, so it's like an education every day and (laughs) a constant constant to do list of hurdles, you know, like it's always something and you just got to be able to like stand back up and fucking fight back every day.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, I feel like it's a lot of education of what not to do. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely.
1: De- yeah. Yeah. I have a, um. this is my favorite thing mm-hmm. right now. I have this rules of engagement for social media mm-hmm. and it's like plastered to my board because social media, you know, it is a double-edged sword. It can really help you out and be your best friend or it can be your worst nightmare yeah. and um, your worst enemy. And you only know that if you respond to some trolls or you, you know, deal with some jerks, but, I the, know rule, it's coming, but. the rule, it, it will come. Uh, yeah. the rules are just like, stay off of that shit as much as possible. It's unhealthy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, like pay attention to the outside and humans and life. Um, yeah. because I've gotten lost in my phone and trying to do sales and all this. And then, um, don't it's post when under
0: number changes. Like when your followers change, like lower <laughs> like, shit, and you're oh. like, it says everything. And I'm nowhere near the level, like y'all are at, but it's just, it's crazy. I'm like, what did I do?
1: It's a full-time job. Like I've, I, you know, God, I, I feel so overwhelmed sometimes, but, um, I'm also like, in charge of my own schedule right and I have most recently learned the amazing lesson of like if I don't want to deal with something I really don't have to yeah um so there's days that I just shut down and turn off and 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 that's like totally okay and it's what is needed to rejuvenate my people points and be able to keep going yeah but this list this rules of engagement, like it's, it's pushed me through, um, being Where able to on the list. Oh God. Um, <laughs> Oh, here's a good one. I can only use social media for business. Um, I Ooh. used to have like a, a life and now it's all can bombs all the time, Yeah, <laughs> but that's how it should be. I shouldn't be like, check out my ketogenic stake on the canabom. Yeah, you page. have
0: to like say the course for what it's intended. Yeah, I, and page. I was doing that
1: cuz like I'm not I wasn't used to that shift of like you know, stop stop posting personal stuff on your personal pages and on your business pages like only post business and since I've done that, my sales have doubled. Yeah. Very very simple like equation. Stop talking about anything other than bombs, more people yeah. order. <laughs> yeah. So I do things like make lists and rules and I help myself. Like, that's how I teach myself um, how to keep, keep doing this shit,
0: you know? Yeah. I have to like, (laughs) cause I have the four accounts. Yeah. Oh my God. That's a nightmare. And like, I have like an Excel spreadsheet, like the nerd I am. And I'm just like, okay, this content's for this. And, you know, and I have to organize it all out so that the tone stays the same for the each individual things that I'm trying to do.
1: Where it gets really maddening is, um, with like ordering and shipping.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, that's, people, that's all you. People like
1: DM me, they email me, they text me, they call me. So I'm getting orders in five or six different formats. And you and can't be a
0: dick and be like, nope, only use this one.
1: <laughs> yeah, email only. No, like I'm going to take your order however you give it to me and bend over backwards. But it's, it's a circus in here trying to keep up with, you know, who ordered what, when, where did they pay? How did they pay? What payment processor? When did they pay? What's the shipping rate? I charged them. How, um, my God, like I've been working with my bookkeeper lately mm-hmm. and what I think I need to do is probably shift towards just selling to retail stores. Yeah. Because I don't have the staff and I don't have the facility like to be a distributor. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm at the stage of being a manufacturer and, um, you know, it's really lovely to be able to ship direct to people. But I think even cooler is like to go to your local store or to support your local business. Like we just said, there's so many CBD companies that are popping up. Yeah, let them take that on if they want to ship it to their customers. Yeah, and and I'm kind of getting the feedback like, hey, you know, your website, you're competing with me because I'm now selling to online retailers. So what I want to do is just like, give the sales job to somebody else and focus on what it is I'm good at, which is making the canna bomb. And, you know, most of my time has been like explaining to, you know, a lady how to download Venmo on her phone <laughs> to pay for the order that she processed because oh, FDIC banks won't will not support me taking direct transact, but CBD's legal. I'm like, I know, ma'am, but I can't take a credit card yet. But why? I had to like send a couple articles, and then a week later, she ordered a twenty dollar product, and yeah, not worth your time. I mean, I hate to
0: say that you're happy that they want the product and stuff, but I'm it's
1: thrilled that they want the product, and I keep yeah. doing it, and I'll never say no. And that's the yeah. problem is like I can't grow my business because I'm. Working twenty four seven on like this payment processing problem, which I get calls like every day from different CBD companies that are like, "Hey, we see that you've tried to work out some weird thing on your website. Can you tell us about it?" And I'm like, "I don't have another two hours of my life to explain this one to you, as well." No, I can't. <laughs> of course, I do it because, yeah. like, this you know, is the right thing to do for me. I well, I mean, I called. I called several CBD brands that are known and loved by all and said, Hey, I'm Cannabombs. And my website's gone down. PayPal froze my funds. And I can't get Chase Bank to authorize, you know, them as a merchant because it's CBD. And they're like, we're so sorry. We can't talk to you. That's private trade secret. And I'm like, well, let me just talk to your manager and we just put an inquiry and like, let them know who it is. And like, it just, they just would not help me. So when people, down. yeah, I got shut down by every single company that I asked for um, any sort of payment processing solutions. Cause it's a really big problem for CBD businesses right now still. Mm-hmm. And the only way to do it is to do offshore high risk banking, um, which basically means that, if you wanted to pay for my products on my website with your visa card, we're going to she- say it's
0: something else and they're going to call. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like that's how a lot of people buy like seeds to grow and stuff. Yeah. That's yeah. A there's a loophole, yeah. and
1: I have to like jump through it. Um, yeah. and it. And it costs a bunch of money for me and it's risky because they can shut it down at any time and then take all the money in the account too. Yeah, and so no I've,
0: guarantee whatsoever.
1: I've not, yeah, I like filled out a couple applications and I just was like, I think I just need to wait it out because there's all these elections and I have faith in this. I have for so long <laughs> that like, what's another few months. yeah um, But yeah, I think, you know, things will change and Chase Bank will jump on board. Like they know how many businesses are CBD, like I'm not hiding behind any other DBA. I'm not. You know, right. gender wellness company. I'm canna bombs all the way. I test all my products. I use tested material. Everything has got to be legit. Or I don't want to sell it. I don't want to be a part of it. So yeah. yeah, it's just a matter of time. And um, I'm patient. I've been patient long enough, you know. I can be patient even longer. <laughs> I think uh BBD is it's obviously gonna happen quicker than THC. Um, but as soon as the banking gets freed up, like I really believe we can get going on making some money as an industry.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can sure. yeah. There's just so many ideas, you know, there's just so many ideas and so many different things that you can do with it. And it's, it's exciting, but like, you know, what you were saying earlier, you're going to deal with people that are in it for the wrong reasons. You're going to run up against people who are going to take your ideas. You know, it's just, ugh. ugh. Yeah, I was
1: working okay. sales like when I got lured out of the lab job mm-hmm. um, for this cartridge company, who I won't name because mm-hmm. they don't even deserve it. And uh, <laughs> 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 and uh, they um, had me out selling, I think it was a half gram cartridge for $20. And at the time, at a wholesale $20 price, everyone's coming in at 12 and 13.
0: Mm-hmm. They were like,
1: "Sweet cheeks, you're you're cute. You got a craft pretty box. You know, you're telling me you're all turped out. You're like the 40th cartridge girl I've seen today. You're taking up my time and your product is too expensive." And then I would leave a sample, and then the sample would like blow up in their mouth, mm-hmm. and they would never call me again. And I couldn't sell it and it wasn't make it wasn't moving because it was defective. And the weed that they were using, like, it tasted like rubber. Everyone had this had bad commentary on it. And it was it's so hard to sell a product that you like don't believe in because all of your friends are like, ew, you know.
0: <laughs> You're I like no, but really guys. <laughs> I was hanging
1: out at the cannabis club in Portland, which if you ever go to Oregon, that's a much- on
0: our list um to go that is like
1: the coolest place shout out mike shout out phil shout out everybody at the cannabis club i miss you i miss i'm gonna that go place. and like
0: name drop so hard just
1: be like just yeah i i'm with i'm with idiot and like I have to wear a idiot.
0: cannabis
1: t-shirt <laughs> uh yeah they have they had industry night every monday so i started going there every monday and i went like alone the first couple times and then I got my lab job and I made all my lab people hang out there and it became like our our cheers and yeah. you go and you there's dab rigs all down the bar there's bongs you can like rent it's five dollars to get in thirty five dollars for the membership for the year oh, and okay. or lifetime no lifetime membership I think and it may have gone up now I'm sure it has I hope yeah, it has sure. <laughs> I don't know but uh I think I was like a thousand. Three thirty third member or something, and now they're like ten thousand. It's it's cool. They you get a card. And what is this place called? The Northwest Cannabis Club.
0: That's so cool.
1: Yeah, it's in Portland. It's the shit. Like it was my second home. I slept there a few times. You know, it was just like an important place for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was trying to get my friends like into this extract, and they were like, Jenna, you're peddling crap. Like they you know, they're not going to sell. The market's too competitive. Like there's much better shit out there for sale that's cheaper. And so I couldn't move anything. And I was like working on my bath bomb and I told the main, like the, my boss about it and they ended up trying to make the bath bomb and they didn't name it the canna bomb. Um, but they kind of took some of the ideas about like flavonoids and such Mm -hmm. and um started marketing and selling it after I was let go um and left unpaid and it was really hard like to walk into a dispensary uh and see that product on the shelf and I had gotten another job by then I was selling for a distribution company but I walked in and I just was like there's my fucking bath bomb you've got to be kidding me. Like my mind I had a total panic attack. I went and sat in the car and cried and I was like training for my new job. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the boss was like, what is going on? Like you're really great at sales and you're really passionate about cannabis and you know what you're talking about and you're going to kill it. But like you just had a breakdown. Like what's what's wrong and i just was like that's my bath bomb i've been working on the can of bomb forever like they took my shit out of my desk i went to pick up my last check they didn't pay me it's why i had to get a new job you know they've been trolling me on instagram um they had like found out that i went to work for someone else um after like they refused to pay me and I talked about it on Instagram on my page and they were like we're not going to pay you because you outed us on Instagram you better take it back um, we're going to sue you for LaBelle oh gosh. and I had all these like trolls trolling me like there was eight different accounts writing don't trust Jenna don't buy from her she's a piece Mm-mm. of sh-. and my new job was like reading this and was like what's going on with you and I'm like <sighs> I I'm like, yeah, I was like oh my god you know I'd never been I, I'd never been like the subject of someone's like, like such a violation yeah like, and like, I was yeah. trying, I'm trying to like explain this to cops and they're like just get off Instagram like <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> and I was like no they're ruining my new job and like they're cause co- like I, I ended up having to leave that job um over that over like you know being defamed online and it I know it was I I don't have proof but I know it was the people who tried to steal my bath bomb because
0: it seems like it's kind of in that nature
1: right right it just happened there was like so much drama um that it just seemed but I could be totally wrong like the only way to ever know is to get the IP address and all this and I was from all my like my white knights who were trying (laughs) to find out where they were like all signs point to bend Oregon you know these people so there's been like really hard things um but
0: now though right
1: I've triumphed yeah like there was a pile of shit and then out came the lotus flower that is me (laughs) like
0: I I think that's what I'm gonna name this podcast (laughs) I had
1: to transform like have you ever seen the movie hope floats I know you.
0: yeah
1: you know when she says I had to be audacious. That's that's how <laughs> that's I felt. You.
0: Like,
1: you're true. put in situations where you're fucked with enough that you have to be audacious and you have to like go for it. And so that kicked my butt so hard like that someone would take my product and it's all retrospect really funny cuz like you could never take what I've created. It's so unique. It's so like I dare somebody to to copy the Zia bomb. You just fucking yeah. can't. Yeah. Like it's what I've made is artwork and it's.
0: Yeah, it's kind of one of those like, try it. (laughs) Go ahead. Yeah. I'm
1: just like messing with people now. I'm like, do it, do it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, collab, 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 do it. Anything you can do, I can do
1: better. I can do anything better than yes, you. Yes, <laughs> exactly.
0: That's exactly what this is. It's it fuels me.
1: And that's what's fun about the whole cannabis industry is it's free market capitalism. It's like people gunning it to their creativity. And that's yeah. How what I enjoy about it. being American. Like, that's what I enjoy about a democracy. And I think it's fun to put yourself out there and create something. And sometimes it's not fun. Sometimes it hurts and people say mean things, but life is like really boring if you don't try in my opinion
0: yeah that's what this year of my life has been like I turned 33 in September and I think in August I like got the itch and I was just like something is like overwhelming and like and now I just I literally can't stop like every idea I have I'm like I'm gonna try it I'm gonna do it good (laughs) good you You should
1: be like that I mean
0: wild but it's, it's funny it was almost like Instantaneous with my brain. I mean, yeah,
1: I it was like a slow metamorphosis for me, but there was rock bottoms that everyone has in common to get me where I'm at now. Like, if I didn't, you know, discover my problem with alcohol and get over it and find something better and move on with my life, like this whole sequential quilt of everything that's happened, even in the last couple of years has led me to like a a really high point, a really great place. Like I have never honestly been happier. I'm getting to, I'm getting to use my creativity to make money, which is outstanding. And it's in my field of cannabis and medicinal work. Mm -hmm. And as somebody who's like a bath fanatic, like I could not have picked a more appropriate life for myself so i'm you
0: created it for yourself and i think that's the coolest (laughs) part of all of it and what's cool for people like me who are so barely you know have our foot in the water we have women like you like the mommy jane who are just so authentic and welcoming and you're like nope this is what you're going to go through (laughs) you know like we actually have the role models that you guys didn't you guys have really paved the way for a lot of us It's (laughs) it's <laughs> so,
1: it's so important to be real about that and to have the conversation about what?
0: it. <laughs> just <read> the
1: title. <laughs> but like, it's not, it's not all sunshine and roses and cherries, even though that's what we put up on Instagram. That's what the, the audience needs. But when you want to have some realness and some sincere friendships and like, any sort of genuineness in your work, you have to talk about the duality of it all and address some of the harder things. So, you know, we can kind of break down walls and like actually be friends and actually discover like what, what you've been through, what I've been through. Like I'm dying to know more about, you know, your story and what you have gone through in Texas with, you know, your kids using CBD. And I, I can't wait to sit and talk to you. And it's so important for women to hear all this. Cause like, that's how we can connect. I mean, I've, I've been able to like reach so many lives and so many bathtubs in the last couple of years, <laughs> just from like being open and talking and reaching out when I needed help. Like I met the mommy Jane at the most special time, right when all that horrible shit I was talking about, like mm-hmm. Right when I was being trolled on Instagram by some unknown jerks, and I lost my job, and I saw my product trying to be recreated, and all this like was crumbling down. Like that girl reached out to me and listened to me and didn't like tell me. You know, no one wants to hear that. Um, No, she's incredible. Positivity only. Like, there's so many girls that are like, "Um, "That's great. We're sorry you're having problems, but like, we don't we don't vibe like that." I'm going through hell, like I need friends, you know, like, I, I was like reaching out for help for friendships. And like, Mommy Jane, you know, was there. And it's when you're going through shit, and when you're at Lowe's, and you talk about it, and you fucking reach out that years later, you can do collab projects, making products for each other. Like, it's so yeah. cool. That our relationship is morphed. I was looking back into like, some of our messages. And I'm like, Oh, my God, I've known her for s- quite some time now and like it makes sense sense that I'm doing this project for her like she fucking deserves it she's been through a lot of the same stuff I have and we were able to connect on that and like I hope that I can bring other girls together who meet via this conversation or Mm -hmm. meet via my bath bomb or via microdosing mama or one of your four accounts you know like (laughs) my
0: 19 million (laughs) ways of trying (laughs) Yeah,
1: well, you will succeed. Like this is the work that you're doing. And I appreciate it more they, than ever. Yeah,
0: they each have their own purpose. You know, I just feel like it's something that I need to at least try.
1: Well, I I am so, so grateful to be a part of it. And I'm appreciative to like be one of your first guests. I think that's so cool. And it's mm-hmm. such a high honor. And I know what this podcast is going to reveal for people like there's going to be a lot of connections that are made based on the things that are talked about and girls who are getting involved in whatever, whatever conversation you're having, be it cannabis or whatever. So I love your mission and I can't wait to listen to every one of them weekly. I love it. New ones (laughs) dropping
0: on Friday. I'm so excited.
1: (laughs) Tell me your process. Do you like record it and then you go live with it in a week or what, how long does it take you to edit or what do you do?
0: I, um, I record and then it just depends honestly how long the conversation goes because <laughs> some of them can get pretty lengthy and then I try to edit it down to time that I think is appropriate and gets you know the the most bang for its buck type deal. Um, but a lot of it now it's just like learning how to edit. <laughs> you know, like- how
1: long do you want them to be like a normal podcast?
0: Yeah, but I think about that and then like Joe Rogan goes for like two hours, so I'm yeah, like, there, there's no like set time. I feel like it just depends on the person, you know what I mean? What they want to share and how much it goes. I feel like all of it needs to be. What's there. I'm,
1: I'm interviewing, you now. What's I know, one, I like
0: this.
1: <laughs> what's one of your favorite podcasts. I have to know. Cause Honestly, I bet it's one of mine.
0: Well, it's a, it's a newer one. My brother told me about, and I'm obsessed with Theo Vaughn, like so much. I don't know if you listen that to that one. Oh my God. He was like, he was on road rules or something like forever ago. <laughs> He's a he does stand up comedy and he is so fucking hilarious and he's I just appreciate everything and then bitch sesh is something that I like love so much that one's funny, I used to listen to Lady Gang but they uh-huh. like, uh, I don't know. They one of my
1: one of my close friends is their like assistants or something. Oh, no um, way. Yeah, um, but
0: retail, right, they have a show. They got a show out of it.
1: Yeah, he's posting about them all the time. I don't know because I listen to unqualified religiously. That's really yes, nice. yes that's, that's a great my, one. That's my go-to. And uh, how this was made. Okay. Um, is a really good one too. Yeah,
0: yeah, my husband listens to that one. That's what, like we've become like these podcast people. It's like if I'm not like recording, I'm like watching <laughs> a show where some Yeah, I'm either listening or I'm watching like a show of somebody being interviewed. Like, I
1: said I wanna maybe start a podcast and that day you're like debuting have the conversation I was like perfect I don't have to do it she figured it out sweet
0: (laughs) I I haven't but (laughs) no it was one of those it was like like I said I this year of 33 it was just kind of you know we're gonna just say yes and it came to me and I was like okay we can do this and it honestly happened because um, a really good friend of mine was going through some shit. And I was like, you don't need to be talking to me about it. You need to have the conversation with that person. And I was like, huh, there's something there. I say that a lot, you know, without realizing it and it just kind of built upon it. And honestly, three hours later, I was like, well, I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> so I love it. it. Came together that fast. And then luckily a majority, I think there was one person that I've reached out to, that just hasn't responded but everyone else has said yes like I'm coming on well it's
1: something that like you know because you're always saying it have the conversation you know and and so that's I mean it it seems like it's a great calling for you like I couldn't get out of the bathtub for about a year in all my my drama of the cannabis industry and so I know bath bombs better than anyone yeah (laughs) I can say that, you know, wholeheartedly, like I've purchased as many lush bath bombs as any Instagrammer out there for sure. Um, I was like buying all these different brands and smooshing them up and putting my yeah. own cannabis in them. And, and oh, then that's I, awesome. yeah, I mean, it was something like, I know, so like stick, I, I just want to stick to what I know and stick to what I'm good at. And, um, it's fun to it's fun to like blossom as an artist when you're floundering around forever wondering what's my craft you know
0: <laughs> yeah oh my gosh yeah so what's a typical day for you then like right now I know it's crazy because of the holidays and stuff coming up and all these amazing <laughs> collaborations you're doing but typically what's what's a day in the life like
1: yeah lately it's been like crazy because of a lot of holiday stuff but um and and just my willingness to like make new stuff which yeah. is fun but um typically i i usually work really late so i can wake up and have my packages ready for shipping oh, um so um and that's that's usually 3 to 4 days a week like I re- I ship, I stay on it. I don't want anyone ever waiting like I know people follow those tracking codes and yeah, I'm not guilty. It's like my nightmare that I miss one. So um yeah, I I I go through um my daily shipping list and make sure that I have everything loaded up. Um I need to stop going to Starbucks and then I come home. <laughs> and uh i come to my office and um my office is attached to my residence so i'm very lucky to be able to work really late nearby um otherwise like i would be working till two in the morning and driving another you know 30 minutes home i'm in new mexico and it's kind of desert like everywhere is the middle of nowhere here (laughs) (laughs) so uh, we have a great unique property where i'm kind of off to the side um And I manufacture uh, during the day. I prep batches, and cannon bombs is a team effort. Um, Mm My, I I almost said husband, (laughs) 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 which, (laughs) which, well, thinking. Um, One day, you know, that's That's another conversation. Uh, (laughs) My really amazing, wonderful boyfriend. He will get off work um, at around five. I'll try to like whip up some sort of ketogenic dinner and uh, we'll eat and talk about what it is we're going to be making. So um, lately it's been collabs, you know, those are more fun to talk about because like he knows the usual routine that we do and we go through the same six scents, Um, lavender, rose, cypress, jasmine, key lime, and tangerine. And we'll do like double batches, which means he'll press, you know, fifty of that flavor a night. So I do all the mixing, and um, that's a lot of work. It doesn't really sound like it, but no,
0: it it does. I've seen your videos; like that stuff does not look easy. I think I told you the other day; like my back hurts. Just watch <laughs> y'all it's, work. It's,
1: everything's hand mixed, so yeah. I don't have any electric mixers. There's not, you know, this isn't a commercial kitchen where I have big bowls and everything. Like I'm hand massaging all of these ingredients together. Um, and that is because like, you have to do it gently. You have to do it at a certain speed. This is like baking and we're at a high altitude and we're using a heavy pressure that slams down on the mixture and, and then it forms the bath bomb and it's really fragile. Mm-hmm. So, it has to dry in order for the ingredients to set. So, there's a lot of like factors. And it took, God, it took the reason it took so long to bring this product to market. And one year of research and development and testing and trials and trials is because I couldn't even make the bath bomb at first. Like, it's so, it's so difficult to get this thing to stick. And people who think, oh, well, I can make some soap. That seems easy. Like, please go for it. You know, it takes time. It takes- And you're
0: using the pure shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's part of the component of it too.
1: Right. And if, you know, if you're using like synthetic stuff that's cheap and easy and quick, you can make the bath bomb a lot quicker and easier Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, but because I'm setting really high quality ingredients, um, on a high pressure mold, it's a really like, it's a really gentle, fragile situation. So Damon, um, my boyfriend has like worked with the mixture long enough to be able to really get a nice shape. Mm -hmm. Um, like a big jumbo size bomb that doesn't have any cracks and is perfectly smooth and has a nice edge and, you know, nice finish. Um, There's a lot of things that I look for and I'll reject bombs. So he knows that if it's not perfect, it goes back into the mixture and then we redo it and it takes time. And we have, we have charts that talk about failure rates. So, you know, if he's pressing and he failed like, six bombs in an hour, then obviously something's wrong with that batch. Yeah. And then I go into, you know, the oil, I go into the extract, I figure out, you know, where was it sourced? Where is it made? And that's what's led me to like only buying from certain people. Like I won't even fuck with certain essential oils yeah. because they won't, my, my bombs won't set. They'll They'll show up with dots. They'll show up warped. They won't dry, right? Like if you have the perfect essential oil, um, blend, you know, with like a base oil, which is usually hemp seed, mm-hmm. which is cold pressed, 100% organic from Canada, or um, an MCT oil, like that plus the essential oil, that is what's keeping the whole bomb together. So you can imagine like, sometimes they break, sometimes they crumble, you know, sometimes people are like, I opened it and it, and it broke. Well, if it's hot at all, those oils are going to kind of,
0: yeah, they've got to go somewhere. (laughs)
1: They're going to go somewhere. So like debunking, Oh, it doesn't work anymore. That's, you know, if, if the heat happens and in shipping and like you open your bomb and it's crumbled or it doesn't fizz or whatever, there's still CBD in there. There's still essential oils in there. There's still baking soda and Epsom salt and all the great things that are listed detailed on the back and yeah. you're still going to get all the same effects. Um, but there's so many different factors that can happen from creating it to packaging it, to shipping it, to getting it in your tub. Um, it's like a baked good, you know, it's yeah, incremental yeah, it really for sure. Yeah. So it's taken a lot of trials um, and a lot of time to like get the recipe down, how the bomb can stay together the best, you know, and be, be the hardest and roundest, the best bomb it can be. <laughs>
0: I love that. Do you like the um, part of the research behind the ingredients? Is that I mean, obviously, because you put a lot of time into it. But do you enjoy that part? Or
1: oh, no? that's that's my favorite part. Like I could tell, <laughs> I I love that part because that's what makes uh that's what makes my product unique, and that's what makes any really good product really good. Like fire in, fire out. We like to say yeah. in the cannabis industry, you can't take. Burnt old shitty weed and turn, spin it into gold and try to sell it in some pen for twenty dollars on the half gram. Yeah. No one's buying that shit speaks
0: for itself. <laughs> once you know. no, it's true once you know, yeah, what it is, yeah.
1: And that's why transparency is so damn important, you know? Right. Yeah. I use now essential oils. I use Mountain Rose. Go out, go out, buy their stuff, try to make your own bath bomb, like experiment with it, enjoy it. Those brands are amazing. I've done my research and my homework on them. I've shown up at their factory. I've met their employees. Like so, I happen to know of first you have. That's
0: why you Yeah, I
1: want to know. <laughs> like I'm inquisitive little shit, you know. <laughs> I'm going get up in their stuff just like my lab days. Um but yeah, that was my favorite other than like what I'm doing now. That was my favorite job in the cannabis industry. Um getting to meet different producers and manufacturers taught me everything I know.
0: Such a wealth of knowledge. Yeah,
1: like if you're looking to get involved in cannabis work, I highly suggest you go find a lab and Whatever it is you want to do, grind up weed and be a technician, they need those people. If Mm -hmm. you want to drive samples from one city to the lab where the machines are, that's a whole job. Like there's so many positions that labs offer people and they can really get their foot in the door. Like I saw all the behind the scenes on topical companies and I'm sure all the people who have seen my brand come up are like, great that was my tester you know (laughs) yeah yeah. that was my inspiration like I I was behind the scenes like watching big batches of salts being made and I was like hmm there's no bath bomb you know
0: (laughs) Yeah, saw a hole and you're like I'm gonna fill that with a bath bomb (laughs) yes definitely and I've stuck to
1: that and that's like gonna be key to my success I can feel it like I, you know, i branched out a little bit. I make soaking salts and they- I live
0: for that sugar scrub. You know that.
1: (laughs) All the new products are freaking awesome. But like, I think, yeah, I'm going to break your heart. I think I'm going to dial it down. I'm discontinuing the scrubs.
0: I knew it was going to (laughs) happen and I'm going to have to buy them all. Because I freaking love them. That's what happens. They're telling
1: me it's so hard to I'm
0: sure. Such a good product though. Can you just like bring one out like once a year and be like
1: I'm just yeah, try a new product out and see if it's like (laughs) worth adding to the line? Like what and when I mean worth, like I'm you know, people don't know this, but I don't have any employees. Yeah, you're all me. Yeah,
0: Damon for sure.
1: I mean Damon, yeah. Like I bombs exist because damon and i but if i had an employee we would be really kicking ass and the the reason i gotta kind of reel it in and focus on my one product is because i only have so much energy, yeah. and time and life in me so i want to yeah, make I you have money. to be smart
0: about it, it yeah it, it'll come back or, or it won't you know what it i mean costs like,
1: so much money to add a new product line I like can't
0: even imagine yeah
1: my my favorite is like i've seen a lot of um Mom and pop CBD shops that that have the agenda of, we don't want to pay that price. We're just going to make it ourselves, and then they go, (laughs) and they, I love it. It's It's, it's so entertaining to me to watch because it happens every time where they go spend all the money. They realize they need a whole factory and that they need shelving and vats of and salts and that yeah. and mixers and all like racks and baking racks and machines and it goes on and on and on and by the time they've purchased everything to make their quote-unquote cheaper product i'm getting an email saying like hey can you just like white label for us or and i'm like yeah did you try to make it was it fun you know <laughs> It's great, and that's what's taught me to stick to the bomb because it's hard to do, and yeah. it's unique. And You're people so have tried, and, yeah, yeah, and it's becoming really artistic, like the collabs and the yeah, different. talk about lines. those.
0: Talk about those. What was your <laughs> first collab that you did that you were like, oh shit, this could be something?
1: Um, I want to say the outdoor fill collab. That that one was fucking lit, if I may. <laughs> um, okay, so. I have this amazing extractor friend who I was actually with this time last year. We cooked Thanksgiving together and we were trimming in Southern Oregon. And he's just like one of those forever friends, like the brother type, you know, yeah. who always has the fire. Like, if you want to get really fucking stoned and smoke a Fat Woods and go trimming, you call Phil. So, <laughs> Like, <laughs> um, I I was like, I need to make Phil a bomb. You know, he's he's such a badass, and like, I'm leaving Oregon. I knew that we were gonna leave, so I hadn't made one before. I'd been focused on like my product line and stuff, and um. The Cannabis Club like incites all kinds of, you know, friendships and Phil was somebody that was a staple there that I always saw, always hung out with and celebrated birthdays and holidays with. And so um, I decided to make him a bomb while I was going away and um, we did like a camo bomb because he wears camo like that's his, stuff yeah. his camo. And we made it really, really terpy with pining because he's like outdoor. Oh where cool. Phil and his, that's his thing is like really s- skunky, you know, yes. aromatic Pacific Northwest terps. So <laughs> yeah,
0: outdoor um, for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean I ma- I made it with THC, I think, like small batch, you know, patients only cannabis club special and like I just gave them away for free and that was oh, it, it was such a hit that people started blowing me up and were like can you make me a bomb can you make me a bomb and I made one for Lizzie Jeff that was that's amazing. What I thought was, yeah
0: that was one of the first ones that I remember hearing that, that, that was, was early
1: like... on um that was like this year so collabs are yeah the collabs are brand new but um I think the like secret stash ones in Oregon those were really fun because they had they had the goods in them yeah. <laughs>
0: Even those
1: like yesterday. yeah <laughs> yeah I didn't sell them but um yeah. like when I had a going away party um we did like a can of bomb send off at the cannabis club and it was my oh, birthday oh, cool. oh that's I brought, perfect I love I that. brought out the collab on them but yeah I I did one for Lizzie Jeff's Irie party She's um which, which was all tropical and we we did like a mango uh pomegranate it was fantastic like Sounds really. Good. Really deluxe um luxurious ingredients. And then Mommy Jane has a holiday collab that the I just finished. Mom. I love the it. Holiday mom bomb set. She is uh gonna be receiving a portion of the profits on it. So all all the sales are going to cannabis patients who love this industry. And um she came up with three flavors that she wanted to soak in. Mm-hmm. And I made sure that they were really heady and organic um so she did a a whiskey eggnog Mm mm-hmm which, like, we both used to be drinkers, and so to have, you know, a cocktail in our tub that is going to heal us—that's so badass. Yeah, you know, so, yeah,
0: that's you too, <laughs> but, like to the T. Yeah, I love that. Shut up, take my money. I yeah.
1: want. You. So, um, I made it look like the 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 cocktail that I used to make, um, by doing like a milk powder, and of course, it's hormone free and How totally organic. Or cool is that? I can't put um the brands that I'm buying the ingredients on the packaging, but I can talk about it. And, uh, Hoosier Hill farms is the whole milk powder that I'm using. And then I, um, so there's no colorant in it. It's just like a milk bath. And yeah, yeah, my idea was to kind of get that frothy milk bath where you're like creamy and really like feeling Silky my daughter answer.
0: literally does that every time she's at my mom's. She's like, "Can I have a milk milk bath?"
1: Milk bath yeah,
0: <laughs> no, yeah. This thing. is
1: the this is the milk bath bomb, but I used oak moss essential oil because um, peat moss is like what whiskey has the same you know terpene It has the same yeah. flavonoids, the same smell, same smell profile. Uh-huh. So I used oak moss essential oil from Mountain Rose Herbs, which I mention them a lot. They're from Eugene, Oregon. They have probably my favorite essential oil distillery like in the world. It's so beautiful and everything they source awesome. is really awesome. So it was it was very expensive. Um, but <laughs> it gives it the whiskey scent. So you have like uh I put a little bit of an allspice, which is cinnamon, nutmeg, um, ginger, mm-hmm. and then you get that creamy, frothy, like holiday uh bath and there's three little espresso beans because that's what I would garnish it with um as um, a cocktail. That is so special. <laughs> oh that's, and so that's really cool. I mean that's only one of the three bombs. I know, so, like, so excited to how get much myself. time do you have? You know, like there's God. so much <laughs> <laughs> there's a white chocolate peppermint bomb and then um that's pretty self explanatory. Like we used um cocoa butter and then I used it was uh, cute
0: in- hearing her talk about she's like, I don't even know how she did that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, yeah. So um yeah, I mean, I just found, like, anything that she said, I tried to find the most organic version of it um, mm-hmm. and then add that in. And it's all food ingredients, really, like, you know, this is stuff you would cook with. Um, everything in my my science lab here is edible. Um, yeah. It's just that citric acid is needed to make the bath bomb, and it's kind of sour, so I wouldn't recommend eating it. You can, but it'll be sour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, And then there's a gingerbread bomb. Yeah, which, that looks
0: really good, too. It
1: smells so good. It's like, it's pure ginger. It's that real, real ginger smell. Not See,
0: that's what Christmas is to me. Like, I, yeah. we're a gingerbread family.
1: <laughs> yes. I sent her a gingerbread house. I hope her and her girls make it. I thought it would be oh, fun. That's but, yeah, so I, I packed up, like, a big box for her yesterday. Um with her collabs and some giveaways and stuff so she'll be rolling out with like you know talking about the collab on a radio show with Snoop Dogg's uncle oh and my
0: gosh
1: <laughs> she's got some plans so
0: i'm I, she's she's working it that's so awesome
1: i'm thinking we're going to sell out of the mom bombs real oh, quick Oh yeah. yeah but i'm prepared to batch out more so I'm going to sell the three packs until they're gone and then keep making the individuals. Um, they all cost the same price. It's yeah. just that the three pack packaging w- was a bitch. So, um, yeah, but it looks beautiful. <laughs> it, yeah. My best friend and I, we got on FaceTime. I took her through Hobby Lobby. I took her through Michael's. We went through target Walmart everywhere. Yeah. And I was like, I need the perfect ribbons, the perfect crunchy paper. Like this girl deserves everything. So we went to town, um, me and my best friend and came up with the packaging. So it was a true collab that. on all sides. Like everybody's been involved on the mom bombs. That's um, so cool. And then there's a, a New Mexico three pack, which I live in New Mexico. It's a culinary place. Mm-hmm. I needed to make some um, culinary bombs. I've got a blue corn rosemary bomb. That is really nice. Um, and then I have a Pueblo bomb, which is an Indian red clay. Awesome. Um, and it's awesome. It's a clay bath, kind of like yeah, like a milk bath, clay bath, different types types of medicinal bathing, inspired Very by
0: Mexico. <laughs>
1: yeah, ancient Pueblo Indian style yeah. bath bomb, um, and it's going to be sold in the Taos Pueblo in New Mexico, oh, which is man. really a high honor. Like to get my canna bomb inside. Oh, Jenna, the that is so cool. Oh man, I'm like I'm over head over heels to go to this lady um i'm going to be delivering three baskets to her for christmas and one will be the blue corn one's the pueblo clay bomb and the other is the zia bomb yeah which a is like
0: piece of art that no which one is, is a gorgeous piece of art. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's really pretty it's a uh, eucalyptus and desert sage awesome. and um it's designed like the zia which is symbolic um to the zia pueblo here in New Mexico. So there's a lot of love and thought put into those three collab bombs. And those are going to be available all the time. Um, and it will probably be more of a local sell. I have a couple shops in Santa Fe that, um, I hope will carry them. Um, one is called Santa Fe hemp and they are currently the only retailer that has them. So, they just let me know that they sold out and I'm going to go refill them. And that's um, oh what brought about bumps. making so it cool. a product all the time, you know, because it's, it's eucalyptus who doesn't love yeah, like everyone a
0: likes that
1: mentholated <laughs> bath. Yeah. It's a really nice one. I'll send you one. I want you to try all oh of these. Oh my
0: gosh, I want to try them all. Yes, if my daughter doesn't steal them. Well, <laughs> I don't know what eight-year-old like lives for a bath, but every day she gets home, I'm, like, I'm gonna go take a bath. I'm like, can you do some homework? Can you participate with the family? She's like, no. <laughs> She's, like- She's her got her iPad, yeah. <laughs> She's incredible.
1: That's awesome. That's so cool to hear. And like, there's so many. I mean, at first, I was like, "Can kids use this product, Damon? I don't know. You know, is it allowed?" <laughs> you know,
0: like- yeah, I mean, the, but those are like honest questions. I mean, I didn't know. Yeah, like, the, I mean, actually, I one, had like, have her try it.
1: I, I had that question a year ago, and then I one of my like really early on sales, I had a woman um, in California call me and say that she purchased some of my soaking salts for her daughter, Mm -hmm. Madrissa. And I posted about Madrissa on um, my testimonials on like my stories on Mm -hmm. um, the Cannabon page. And basically, this little girl has had a really intense um, epilepsy her whole life. And she's never been able to like sleep without constant seizures. Yeah. So she bought some of my salts and I had been using a full spectrum organ, beautiful C B D oil. And I she got a hold of some of the soaking salts and was putting her three-year-old baby in a bath with my salts. And she called me up and was crying and was like, you don't even realize what you've made. You don't realize what you've taught my whole family that CBD works. My child slept without any seizures for five hours straight. I cannot believe this. Like I want to buy more. And I've been sending her salt since. So, I mean, that early on taught me like, okay, you know, Obviously, CBD for kids. Look at Charlotte. Look at yeah. all these children that, oh, you know, yeah. have So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, yeah. more than anyone. And I just, I, I don't have children, and I didn't know, you know, Cause well, I'm in ad- a scary
0: world. Do you think any yeah. like you try to introduce someone who's not 18 or older or whatever the age is, you know, for whatever? Right. I- I've been serving
1: alcohol for 10 years. Like yeah. everyone's got to be 21 and up to talk to me. So
0: right. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's a scary thing, but that's again, why we have to talk about it. Why we have to say what works for us and what didn't, you know, and like you've, like we've been talking about, just be very transparent about what you're doing and why. And uh,
1: I mean, how else are we supposed to all get along and like make progress as a race of humans? I know. You know? We yeah. have to, we have to move forward by dredging through the crap together and figuring it out together and like being in, in each other's balcony instead of, you know, the pit dragging right. each other down. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. It's yeah. True. Kids definitely benefit from using cannabombs. Um, I always tell anyone asking, you know, who's pregnant or using it for the child, please consult with a physician. Yeah. I'm not claiming that the product can do anything. Um, like I'm following the FDA warnings. They're not reviewing my product or anything. So, you know, it's really important that, you know, you go with what your doctor says and what your gut feeling says. But these these are the reviews that I get back from people and honestly the reason that I have continued to keep doing this work because there's a lot of um there's a lot of days where it's like you know why the hell am I trying to build this and and I can't afford it too you know and it's like yeah because, I think you, yeah yeah these people like that are writing me who are they're like expecting to have their order filled and I better be manufacturing (laughs) and they need it as part of their health regimen. So, um, yeah, I continue to produce product however I can. And like, even if I moved to, uh, just retail Mm -hmm. and not selling direct to consumer, I will always help those patients out. I'll always have a minimum order. I'm not going to turn somebody down who um, can't get the product otherwise, you know?
0: Yeah, of course. Of course.
1: But I really, I really appreciate you going and talking to some people in Dallas about cannabombs. Like,
0: Oh, we're going to get it here. so cool. <laughs>
1: it's so, so, it's in, it's in Austin and, you know, it's so close in Houston. And if it, if it happens in Dallas, like everyone knows it's on, right? So.
0: Uh, well, who knows? <laughs> Dallas is very finicky.
1: It is. They're I'm proud not- to
0: be from Dallas. You know, they're just there. That's what Dallas is. They're very proud of themselves. <laughs> I'm not from here, so I can say that.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, don't Dallas my Austin? And I can say that because yeah. I'm from Austin. Nope,
0: yep. <laughs> and, I, and you know what? Not being from Dallas, I agree with that <laughs> completely.
1: You're from the East Coast.
0: Michigan, actually, I've lived all over. Yeah, I was born. Oh, yeah, congratulations
1: today.
0: I called my dad and I was like, congratulations. And it was like crickets. (laughs) He was like, you (laughs) don't want to talk about it.
1: You're like, congratulations, it finally happened. And I live in fucking Texas. (laughs) I
0: know. know. So crazy. My husband's like, well, when we visit, it'll be great.
1: (laughs) Right. I mean, okay, I back to me interviewing you. All right. So if you were going to go shopping anywhere, for some cannabis right now, where would you go? What state? I'm just curious.
0: <laughs> Honestly, the only dispensaries I've been to have been in California. <clears throat> um,
1: so you would choose California?
0: No. I mean, I, I liked my experience there, but I just want to try everything. I really, really, really want to go to Oregon. I really, yeah. really want to try. And that's actually on our list. Colorado would be easy because you know, it's so close. Um, And I don't I want to experience it all I don't have like a specific place I just you know where I actually yes I do I really want to go to Canada and see what they're doing up there
1: oh me too so bad That's like
0: a big thing I really would like to go and connect with some of the women that I've met through like microdosing mama and like that whole group lady now yeah, yeah. she's amazing um weed mama the mother's merry girls all I mm-hmm. mean they're just doing big things and I just think it'd be a lot of fun. I think Canada would be really, really cool.
1: I agree with you. And I've never been, I would love to go there. I
0: I think it'd be really cool to get a bunch of the women in the States who have all kind of bonded to go to Canada together, like next year or something.
1: I'm so down. I really want to, I want to do one of these like things, but I feel like all the ones that I see that are advertised, you know, it's, it's just like a, it's just like posting for trying to money grabs, you know. Like, can, yeah. will you pay three hundred dollars to come hang out with girls and make friends? And I'm like,
0: no. really? Like,
1: that I have to pay awful. for airfare, hotel, and friends, you know? <laughs> so I want to do one that's like um, actually
0: really cool. Yeah, like organic. Just go and have yeah. fun and just like not a retreat. Chill out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just go get lost in a city somewhere meet some other people that you know.
1: Are you in mm-hmm. the
0: same thing that we're doing
1: here there? <clears throat> I, really I want to cool. go to Newfoundland. Mm-hmm. Newfoundland. However, you say that.
0: Newfoundland. That's I want to go like to Prince Edward Island so bad. <sighs> I just shipped Lady Now's
1: stuff to New Brunswick today. Oh cool. she'll get to try um some oh, Canabons. But it. yeah, Canada looks gorgeous. I'm I'm totally down for that. We need to plan something in all of us Americans go up there and like, I think
0: it'd be really cool
1: rally with really cool. the Canadian girls.
0: That'd be great. They're manifesting that shit now. So it can happen. Yes. I love, that. I mean, I love <laughs> it. Cool. Okay. Well, I could talk to you for forever and I'm going to have to have you back on. So I can ask you the other list of questions I had for you that we didn't even <laughs> get to. Oh but- God. No, no, it's just so interesting. You have, I, just I just told really you I can you. like get caught up and
1: just talk. I'm so sorry.
0: Well, are you kidding? I've enjoyed every minute of this. This is Good. awesome. I'm uh, glad. What, go ahead.
1: No, I'm glad. Thanks for having me.
0: Of course. So, what I did on my first two episodes is I go through James Lipton's ten, top 10 questions um, from Inside the Actor Studio, and I want to ask you them if you're up for it. Sure. Okay. <laughs> What's your favorite word? Pork.
1: (laughs) It's just fun to say.
0: It's a good one. Um, What's your least favorite word? Cunt. Really? It's,
1: It's so rude. I just think it's so rude. And it just, it's so brute and does not roll off the tongue and when someone See, I it,
0: like the effect of it, <laughs> but you have to really know when to use it
1: <laughs> I'm just like that's foul, it just is. foul. It when is. I hear it i just I just shudder or, or my best friend she hates the word raw or yeast i don't I don't get it, but I think it has something to do with you know
0: one issue, the <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally?
1: Hmm. I think, a uh, willingness, like it's, it's a huge turn on to me to be open, to be willing, um, to be like a good listener, um, there's so much you can absorb from the world around you and the people in front of you that when I see someone soaking it in, it's just like, it's sort of fantastical feeling and it just, it's a turn on. Like I love when my boyfriend is really all ears listening to me about whatever the heck I'm talking, Instagram <laughs> or whatever, you know, like it's it's just such a great connection to to see that willingness and it's a turn on and not even just like sexual sense, yeah. but but like even in business, if I'm talking to somebody and they're willing to participate, you know, in the conversation and be genuine, um, then things are going to happen. But if, if the doors are already shut before they can even open and there's no willingness there, like it's a turn off and I'm, I'm like, okay, read your script elsewhere. I'm out. Like I'm looking yeah. for realness in this life. So yeah, I hope that's that. no that's answer.
0: a beautiful answer. What there. turns you off?
1: Oh, uh, so much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so much. I'll start the clock.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh pushy salespeople. Yeah. I deal with I deal with that all the time. I don't know who's giving the sales lessons these days, but if you you're a dick,
0: that's the problem. You know,
1: if you're a dick, I'm not paying attention, not gonna listen to you. I like people call me and are like, You better sell to me or you're gonna be my competition. And I'm like, like yeah, for me. I'm like, your phone number and your Instagram just got blocked. And guess what? I'm gonna sleep like a baby and make plenty of money. Like I don't yeah. deal with bullies it's the biggest turnoff in the world for someone to be a dick. Like we're all stuck in this flesh bag of water and we're all suffering in some way or another. And when someone treats someone else like shit, I'm so turned off. And I think it's 10 years of being a server, you know, like on my, on my like first date with my boyfriend, I watch how he treats the server. It's really important to me. You know, without if you, a
0: doubt, yeah.
1: If you dismiss them or or talk down to them, or you know, act like you're better than them, or you don't tip enough, God, I'm watching it That's all. So you know, funny. like
0: I was just about to say that. I said that was one of the things that I loved about my <laughs> husband is he he always tips very well, even if the service isn't maybe the best. He's just that he always tips really well. And it's, I just love yeah, that. Yeah, it's a him. human
1: being who probably has children and medical problems and it's yeah, exactly. shit to deal with and they gotta bring you another fucking ranch. Like <laughs> I've been that server for ten years. So I mean, you just don't treat people bad no matter how high you're up, no matter how much money you have, or how good you are. Like I I'll never I'll never like just outright treat someone like shit. I just it's too now, hard to be it. like as it is you know so yeah yeah in a nutshell
0: (laughs) that's your answer gotcha (laughs) what is your favorite curse word
1: hmm bullocks (laughs) (laughs) i spent a little time in scotland and apparently that's like you know foul over there to say bullocks like bullshit or like yeah you know, that's crap. Bullocks. And I just, am like, who the fuck says that? That's such a random, like, it sounds like, like some, some sort of suspenders or something, you know?
0: Right. Yeah. That's true. Oh, my husband's side of the family is Australian. So like the things that they say oh, just, I can't like, imagine. in the world, like it's hilarious. Yeah. I want to
1: go to one of your family events and just oh, like,
0: it's so funny. I, like all of our wedding pictures. It's like all the Americans looking up at the tall Australians, like with like weird, like expressions on their face. Cause they can't understand a fucking word that they're saying. And it's so how, great.
1: <laughs> and I bet they can drink like oh my every,
0: gosh. all oh. the
1: Australians that I served are like sincerely good at drinking.
0: They're, it's like, yeah, it's in their blood, for sure. Full
1: they're, style. Of the full yeah. style. <laughs> they're
0: amazing. And it's they're so loud. And the more they drink, the louder they get. And oh, my God. Like and crazy. they don't tip.
1: They do not tip. Because they I don't have to.
0: Yeah, they, now, they don't know that's too. Thing over there. Yeah. I worked
1: in Hawaii and mm-hmm. I was bartending, and I, all these Australians would flock through, and it was just the worst day when the Australians would check in. I'd be like, "God damn it, I'm making nothing." They're today. gonna
0: drink everything, and I'm gonna. Yeah. Drink <laughs> for it. I'm gonna work my ass off, and I'm gonna make no money. <laughs> that's how I feel when they visit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's awful. Too. I gotta edit that part out. <laughs> oh god God. okay uh, moving (laughs) on Um, what is a sound or a noise that you'd love did you hear it i just did and it was beautiful (laughs) (laughs) perfect timing
1: it's that shoveler. it's like (laughs) When I'm hitting the pipe and there's this like soft little tickle of water, like caressing my ears, and I know I'm about to get a big old whiff of smoke down my throat, that's the best.
0: That's amazing. <laughs> what sound or noise do you hate?
1: Oh, oh, um, people eating, like
0: yes, the chomping—that's like, huge thing. Yeah.
1: Shut your mouth! You know, yeah. holy crap! Like this guy the other day, we were trying to dine out and I just was a part of his meal and It was so and I'm like and it's from working as a bartender you have to train yourself to hear everyone in the room in case somebody wants a drink otherwise you miss out on money yeah. so as a result I hear 15 conversations all the time and they're always like about drinks and like smacking of food and it just bothers me
0: <laughs> no I can't handle that it's so wild like everyone on my mom's side of the family like we're all wired that way
1: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, my, my boyfriend, he does it, but at first it like bothered me. And then a year later I, I was like sitting there like, Oh, like while he was smacking and it was because I made something really delicious and he was really enjoying it. And so now I'm like associating his smacking with, you know, loving my food so now it's like
0: oh that's nice maybe I should try that because I'm like 12 years into this shit and he eats a cup of soup and I like want to murder him
1: (laughs) I'm like oh he likes it so much he's just gobbling it up
0: (laughs) Uh, maybe I just need to shift my perspective because I'm not there
1: yeah yeah I'm weird like that
0: (laughs) (laughs) other than your profession that you're doing right now what would you like to attempt
1: Oh my god, I think I'd probably be a flight attendant. Like <laughs> what? I almost did it a million times. I mean, there's so many different things, right? You know, I went to school for theater. Yeah. I thought my calling forever was to be on a on Broadway in a musical or in LA in, in some hit Netflix sitcom. I don't know. Like I was in theater mm-hmm. forever and that just, that's a gamble. It's such a risk. And you kind of get told by a few professors in college a few too many times, like you're going to be a starving artist forever, commit or die, you know, and it scares the (laughs) shit out of you.
0: Yeah,
1: It did me. And I was like, I guess I'll go be a waitress because I need to eat. (laughs) And like everyone in theater falls into that. And then 10 years later you're a waitress and then you never made it. And it's just, Oh God, it's heartbreaking. It's all over LA.
0: And (laughs) Mm -hmm. And That's uh like Waitress the musical so much.
1: I love and it's about Jenna, come mm-hmm. on, and she makes bo- bombs or pies. I mean pie bombs, like basically the same thing, you know, like I know every word to it. I sing that musical while I mix. So awesome. just so you know, those batches are crafted with they are legit.
0: <laughs> oh my god you keep getting better this is, be like, this is gonna be my joe rogan podcast i'm gonna have like a four-hour podcast it's gonna take people three nights to listen to i'm so excited oh, about it this is god, gonna i will
1: stop whatever you
0: want no I, i'm kidding i don't want it to stop this is great oh my god that's awesome what profession would you not like to do
1: uh Politics, boo.
0: Yeah. yeah, I couldn't do it.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's exhausting. You, people either love you or they hate you. You can't win a lot. It them
0: depends all. on the minute.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like, It depends on the second of the day, you know. Yeah. And I'm just too much of a people pleaser to like, it would, it would break my heart, like to, to have to stand on one side or another. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really like just being right in the middle yeah. and being like, I see everyone's side. Let's all be friends, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, politics would not suit me for shit.
0: Yeah. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates?
1: You made it, kid. Can take a bath? Yeah, like, your, your luxury soaking tub will be this way, Madame. That'd be great. just to start but, And then and- like,
0: and then burst into like a big musical number.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh, please. Like, um, sort of like the beauty and the beast, be our guest, but Ooh. in the tune of a spa where, you know, instead of dishes, we have bubbles and instead of, uh, foie gras, we have bath bombs, you know? <laughs> That's what I want i want a, I want a big musical finale number. I feel like we need to make this
0: happen. I don't know how it's gonna happen, but I feel like we need to make this happen It
1: kind of happens in my head every time I take a bath. That's the secret
0: It's been so
1: great thank you thank you seriously. it's been a lot of fun, and I'm sorry it's been like four hours of just me like stoned
0: blabbering <laughs> <That's been> fun. <laughs> no I love it I'm gonna have to have you on again because this has just been so much fun so thank you thank you thank you a million times over and I cannot wait to I don't even think I'm gonna edit this one except for the parts that I said about my family
1: (laughs) and that part right there
0: and that part (laughs) and that one If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe. For more content, follow along at have podcast on Instagram or email me at have the convo at gmail.com to share your story. Till next time.